first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler, and as I've been saying for a few weeks, the headlines just keep getting worse and worse, and they are going to keep getting worse. This week, of course, was the big announcement by the International Olympic Committee and Japan that the Tokyo Summer Games are postponed until next year. This was, this was inevitable. There was no chance... As I've talked to many previous guests, there was no chance that the international community was going to choose to send 10,000 elite athletes along with tens or hundreds of thousands of fans, coaches, support staff, all travel to one location and spend two weeks together. That was, as of two weeks ago, when we were talking to Stephanie Zaza, the CDC uh, expert, this was just never going to happen. This was inevitable. And they had been saying they might wait till May to make the decision. So, you know what? It's better that they make it now. And part of the problem that people just weren't talking about is the qualifiers are being canceled. The qualifiers are March, April, May, some I think maybe even as late as June. But if the qualifiers don't happen, people aren't qualifying. So, and and teams can't train together. So, this was inevitable and it was a good move. It was, you know, certainly better than canceling them altogether. One person who's thrilled that they're not canceled altogether is Michael Gunning. Michael has been an elite swimmer for many years. He lives in uh, England. He lives right now in Manchester. And he represents Jamaica in swimming. And he has been hoping this summer would be his first Olympic Games. He's been training his butt off to get there. He's even set a couple uh, Jamaican national records in swimming. And he's bummed. He's disappointed. He was in South Africa when the news came through that the, the games were postponed. But as he was telling me on this episode of the podcast, he's really happy that he's going to have a chance to compete in a year. Uh, he's openly gay. And like I said, representing Jamaica, which is pretty interesting. We talk about that. We talk about uh, being a black man and being a gay man in England and what his training looks like amongst this coronavirus quarantine. Anyhow, here is my interview with Jamaican swimmer living in England, Michael Gunning. Well, I'm thrilled to be joined now by Michael Gunning. Michael, where exactly were you when you found out the Olympics were postponed? I was actually in um, South Africa. Um, so I went to South Africa for a three-week training camp, um, obviously knowing you know what kind what what was going on really at the time. Um, but obviously, as far as kind of we were concerned, the Olympics was going ahead, and we carried on our training regime as as normal. Um, but yeah, we found out while I was on camp, and yeah, it's kind of it changed us all. So I had to come back early from the training camp. 
So you went there even a few weeks ago, knowing that the a potential postponement of the Olympics was on the horizon. Yeah, not necessarily the postponement, but, you know, obviously I knew the virus was around. Like we obviously took all precautions as we were going to South Africa. Um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't really expect postponement. It's quite a quite a shock, really. What were your feelings about it when you when you first started getting the inkling that this might happen and, and then the decision came down? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was very, I was very surprised. Um, but at the same time, I totally understandable. Obviously, so many lives are at risk at the minute. And, you know, people do need to stay at home, people do need to kind of protect themselves. So, um, you know, I think it's definitely the right decision. Um, but obviously, for me, like so much training has gone into the last four years. And obviously, having having your goal kind of pushed back another year is, you know, a massive surprise. So, you know, it's a little bit of disappointment, but obviously, understand you know, understanding what's happened as well. Have you talked to any swimmers or any other athletes who think that this was the, the wrong decision to make? Um, I think all the athletes I've spoken to, you know, totally understand the situation. Um, you know, obviously so many people that were kind of coming towards the end of their careers, you know, for them, like, you know, having, having it pushed back another year is quite tough. Um, you know, obviously across all sports, really. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, as a country and, you know, as a as a world, you know, obviously issue, everyone understands and everyone's in the same boat. So I think we've just got to kind of, you know, take what's happened you know, as it comes a day at a time and, um, you know, we'll move forward together. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about Karen Clement, who won Olympic gold in 2016, and he's definitely, definitely getting on. He's into his 30s. And I've, I've been wondering if if this one year postponement just really dramatically reduces his chances of making it. And I guess there are various athletes in that situation. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, like I'm, I'm really good friends with you know quite a few divers in the sporting world and obviously for them you know kind of throwing themselves off the diving boards you know at you know different ages is tough for them you know it's tough anyway but let alone you know the older you get the harder it is so um yeah like obviously I've been speaking to everyone just kind of offering my support and being there as an athlete just for them to open up to because you know it's, it's crazy it's just ne never been heard of before so I feel like we're all in the in the choppy waters so you are going to make a run at, at the now 2021 Olympics? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like, you know, I've trained so hard, you know, these past four years with Tokyo in sight. So, you know, the fact that it has moved, you know, on a year has, you know, is a little disappointment to me because I feel like I was so ready for this summer. Um, but obviously it's a goal and it's something that, you know, I'm definitely not going to give up on. What what does the postponement mean to your preparation? I mean, you you you, you train for at a competition like this a year out, very differently from three months out. What does that look like? Like, well, how did how did how did in one day your training change? Yeah, so obviously, you know, when I heard the news, I was in South Africa. Um, um, because of all the travel restrictions, you know, we just had to get back to the UK as quickly as possible. Um, and I don't think until we got back to the UK, we really knew, you know, how serious and how crazy it kind of is around the world. Um, so for us, you know, we did, you know, we wasn't allowed to go to our local pool. All our clothes, all our, all our pools and all our gyms are closed. Um, so for us, it was like quite a dramatic thing coming, you know, coming away from a training camp and then coming to home to no training as such. Um, so it was very tough. So that's interesting. You, you were in South Africa. I know South Africa hasn't been hit as hard yet. 
Yeah. Um, so it was a so so getting off the plane and kind of sinking into culture in in England. Um, it was a bit of a shock to you suddenly seeing what was going on. No, definitely. Um, you know, so at the minute, the prime minister has told us, you know, we've got to stay isolated. We can't leave our homes, you know, unless it's essential travel, you know, food, um, you know, and health health visits and stuff. So for us, you know, we've come away from this amazing training camp where we were doing amazing work to, you know, leave in there and coming home, basically being isolated in our homes. So it's a, it's crazy. And I feel it's really, really hard for an athlete, you know, mentality wise to go from you know two different extremes yeah you're spending what two four six hours a day in the pool and now you're not allowed to go to the pool right yeah no definitely but Disney, you have no access to water right now is that correct no apart from the shower every day that's all the water <laughs> we're getting unfortunately <laughs> we'll try to swim in the tub you'll get, injure yourself <laughs> what are you doing now to exercise to, and, and to stay in some semblance of shape? Yeah, no, I'm definitely doing home workouts. Um, you know, me and my coach, we've like spoken pretty much every day on the phone about the different exercises and, you know, just keeping my fitness there. Um, you know, obviously with the Olympics being pushed back a year, I don't think it's as as important, you know, to make sure that we're getting in the water because obviously, you know, we, we can't at the minute. Um, so I think we're just trying to take a different, you know, approach to it and keep our fitness there, you know, make sure that we are doing home workouts. We are doing, you know, keeping that exercise, you know, there every day and um, yeah, just kind of take every day as it comes really to, to see what happens. And you're in London right now. Is that right? Yeah, well, I'm currently training in Manchester. Um, my family are in London, but I've just I've stayed in my house in Manchester, obviously, because that's where I train. So I'm isolating here in Manchester. Um, but yeah, London is my hometown. Are you allowed to go for a run? Yeah, so we're allowed one exercise a day. Um, so you are allowed to go out for a walk or a run. So for me, I do wake up super early just so I don't try to you know, meet too many people on my run um, and run for an hour. And then the rest of the stuff I'm kind of doing at home, like in the garden, we're actually having quite nice weather at the minute in the UK, which is very unusual for us. So um, yeah, home workouts in the garden, in the living room. Um, and then um, we've, we've also got like lots of weights and stuff that we've taken from our gym that they've given us. Um, yeah, just to make sure that we're keeping, keeping there. Is there like is a British swimming training center in Manchester? Like, where, where, why are you? Why Manchester? Yeah, so there's lots of different um, you know high performance centers in the UK. So there's one in Loughborough, um, one in Manchester. So I'm kind of um, obviously I'm not a Team GB athlete, um, but I do have access to you know all the facilities here in Manchester, which yeah, which is why I I choose to be here. You live in Great Britain, but you compete for Jamaica. Yes. How, how does that work? Because I think people will be like, wait a second, what? <laughs> yeah, so I was born in the UK. Um, my mum's British, but my dad's Jamaican. Um, so in 2016, um, that was kind of the year that I chose to represent Jamaica and kind of, you know, go with my dad's heritage. Um, just because, you know, there's not really many Jamaican swimmers out there. Um, so for me, you know, to inspire a generation, to inspire more people out in Jamaica, um, yeah, I just chose to represent them and I've definitely had no regrets. You know, I've I've represented my time with Team GB and I loved every second of it. But I feel like I'm very lucky to be able to have that, you know, that other route that I can go down and, you know, hopefully inspire more people. Have you spent a lot of time in Jamaica? 
Um, I have family out in Jamaica, so I try to visit them as much as I can. Um, but yeah, for the past three years, I haven't really visited too much. Um, I feel like just training has taken over, you know, all of my time. Um, it's just in the pool now, really training. Do you, do you, so how does it like functionally work? Do you like, do you just send a letter to the IOC saying, I, you know, I, I, I'm now representing Jamaica and this is, and this is my, my, my heritage, or do you have to contact like the Jamaican Olympic team? Like, how does it functionally work? Yeah. So, um, after 2016 Olympics, I missed out with Great Britain and, um, Jamaica actually contacted me and asked me if I was interested in representing them. Um, so obviously my dad's got a Jamaican passport and, you know, I did have a Jamaican passport too. So for me, like I'm registered with a club out there. Um, you know, so if I ever go out there, I can swim with that club. Um, but for me, you know, obviously I train and live in, here in the UK. So whenever I go out there, I kind of have that membership with Jamaica if I ever need it. Um, and then, yeah, just with, I, to qualify for meet, I can just post the FINA qualifying standards um, to make me kind of eligible to represent them at the, on the world stage. How does the, how does an invitation to the Olympics work? Do, do you, do you have to go to Jamaica for national championships or like there, are there, are the automatic bids a regional thing for Jamaica? Like how, how do you actually get the invitation from the IOC to represent Jamaica at the Olympics? Yeah. So it's all based on times, basically. Um, you know, I can go to any FINA approved meet because, um, you know, FINA, which, you know, obviously govern um, swimming at the Olympics, basically set down a list of meets that, you know, we can attend. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky because I already had the FINA B time, um, which was a consideration for the Olympics. Um, but automatic qualification is the FINA A time. Um, and that was what I was kind of chasing, you know, in the coming months for the Olympics. Um, so yeah. And then if I'd done that FINA time, then I would definitely gain my spot on the team. I said, did I see you, you actually own some national records for Jamaica? Yeah, I, um, I set the national record in the 400 freestyle and the 100 and 200 butterfly, which is amazing. What are, what are the, the events that you have the best shot at qualifying for the Olympics? Um, definitely the 200 fly. And um, I also compete in the 200 freestyle as well. So those were the ones that I was going for, um, yeah, this summer. Why, why is it important to you personally to represent Jamaica? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, so many, when I, when I was growing up, I had so many role models and, you know, none of them was black. I never really looked up to, you know, any black, you know, role models because there wasn't really any in swimming. Um, so I think, you know, whilst I've been growing up and while I kind of go to different meets, you know, I love being that person that people can come up to and talk to and, you know, just offer advice to people because obviously, you know, that they, when I was younger, there is that saying that black people can't swim. Um, and I think, you know, one of my biggest goals was just to try and prove everyone wrong and kind of make it on teams, make, you know, international medals and yeah, prove all those people wrong that, you know, once said that I, you know, that black people couldn't swim. So to kind of have that Jamaica route and to, you know, kind of be that role model for Jamaica. And because obviously, you know, Jamaica is so big with the athletics team. I just wanted to be that person that, you know, people can look up to out in Jamaica that, yes, that shows that, you know, black people can swim. Michael, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. Uh, and everybody hang tight. We'll be right back with more from Michael Gunning. Okay, we're back with Michael. Uh, so, Michael, you, t you talked about some of the, the nonsense that you've had to hear over the years and as, as a kid growing up about being 
black. And, and so often we talk with gay men about the struggles growing up, you know, focusing on homophobia. But I imagine that the your experiences as a black man were probably even more powerful than your experiences as a gay man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I've been quite lucky, you know, as an athlete, you know, as a gay athlete, really, because um, I haven't really had, you know, much you know, much abuse or much negativity really since coming out, which I feel extremely lucky about. Um, you know, everyone I've come out to in the UK have been so accepting. Um, so yeah, I feel really lucky in that sense. We hear it over and over again that that gay men in sports, they, they have all of this fear about coming out. And then when they come out, their their coach is fine with it. Their their fellow athletes are fine with it. The media loves them for it, and and they scratch their head and think, where did I get this idea that I couldn't be gay in sports? Did did you have that experience? Definitely, definitely. You know, when I was growing up, you know, I was worried. You know, how people, you know, if people would treat me differently, if people would kind of take a second look at me and judge me in some sort of way. Um, you know, I think you know the common thing about all sports is. You know, I suppose we do have a role to play, you know, standing up against other countries, you know, other competitors, you know, we want to, you know, come across as intimidating. We want to, you know, kind of be that macho man that, um, you know, that goes up against, you know, other guys. And for me, um, I always try to, you know, fake that role and try to be that macho man. But, you know, since coming out, I've realised that actually being my happy, bubbly self, you know, I do get a better performance and, you know, just actually being me and not going towards any, you know, not trying to be someone else or trying to be another role, you know, it doesn't help me. So, um, yeah, it's been amazing since I've come out because I do feel so comfortable in my own skin around, you know, poolside and around competition venues. And growing up, you just had it from both sides. You had people telling you that if you're gay, you, you can't be a great athlete. And if you're black, you can't be a swimmer. And yeah. so that's just... That's incredible that, that you would face both of those things and, and here you are. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, like looking back, I can't really believe like everything that I've kind of overcome to get here. Um, but, you know, I think no athlete kind of has a smooth run. There's always someone out there that has something to say or you know has some opinion. But, you know, kind of my advice to anyone would be that, you know, living live in yourself you know, is living your best life. And as long as you can be true to yourself and you can be comfortable in that, then, um, yeah, it's so rewarding on the other side. You grew up in a country where it's actually more rare to be black than to be gay. What were, what were, what was it like growing up in, in a place like that, that, that where just you, you stood out from everyone else just because of the color of your skin yeah, I mean, I always knew I was different, um, you know, personality wise, as well as, you know, the colour of my skin. Um, and to be honest, you know, when I was younger, I never really you know, saw anything different, really. You know, the way the people I surrounded myself with, they were always really kind and accepting. Um, and it was only the swimming element, really, that people didn't really understand, um, you know, and especially you know, being a black person as well. They just you know, they couldn't really resonate with my story of swimming and, you know, trying to go for the Olympics. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was kind of strange, you know, having this, what a normal person does, what a normal athlete would do in the UK um, to me. Um, but, yeah, like I've kind of went through so much experience of different competitions and, you know, spoken to different athletes. And it's been amazing to, 
yeah, to have everyone else on my journey with me. In the midst of all of that growing up, how is it that you landed on swimming? Were, did, were your parents swimmers? How, how did you get to swimming? Yeah, so my mom and dad both can't swim. Um, so they put me and my brother into swimming lessons from an early age, really. And um, yeah, I just kind of, my I didn't like it at first, to be honest. Um, I didn't want to get in the water. I hated being, being in the water. Um, but a swimming teacher, you know, as I was as I was getting better and better at swimming from a young age, um, they said to me that I should go to a swimming club. And um, I moved to a club, um, which was just called Tabholes at the time. And I just made my way up through the club stages. And yeah, here I am. So often when we're talking to gay athletes, we talk about the reaction from the sports world. But I'm always interested in the reaction that athletes have from the LGBTQ community. What what kind of reaction from them have you gotten? Has there been love and support? Has there been kind of a um, what are you doing in sports attitude? What does that look like? Oh, I've really had so much support, you know, in that in the athlete world. Um, I think, you know, especially, you know, not only do I live in the UK, but because of my, you know, representing Jamaica, I have so many Jamaicans, you know, messaging me every day, just saying how much they look up to me as a person and as an athlete, because obviously they don't feel that they can come out the way that they have, you know, the way that they live in different circumstances. Um, so I feel so honoured, um, you know, that people can, you know, reach out to me and kind of you know, see me as a role model because, you know, I just want to, well, I just want people to kind of have the experience that I had. Um, and I know that not everyone gets that, especially out in, you know, those Caribbean countries. That's that's really great. So, so the, the LGBTQ people in Jamaica, they are seeing you and they are being inspired by you. Like you are having the impact that you wanted to have. No, definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, I just feel super lucky, you know, to be able to show that here in the UK and obviously have that kind of fan base here in the UK, but also out in Jamaica too. When I talk to uh, black people in America, black gay men, every single one of them has a treasure trove of stories of racism from the gay community. Sometimes, sometimes casual or, or but sometimes pretty overt. Have, have you experienced that in living in, in Manchester and London? Yeah, I mean, you know, as an athlete, I pretty much do keep myself to myself. You know, I don't really go out too much. Um, you know, kind of I feel like an athlete is in an athlete's bubble. You know, we turn up to training, we do the business, we come back and rest, and then we do it all again in the evening. Um, so for me, you know, I haven't really ventured out that much to, yeah, to kind of see, you know, what people are out there. And um, yeah, so I'm not sure on that one. That's interesting. You're, I mean, you're, you're a gay man, but you are living in a, an athlete's bubble. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time and, and, and I, I hope that you're, uh, well, I, I guess being over a year out now, um, you, like you said, the, the training doesn't really need to put you in the water, but yeah. I certainly hope, I certainly hope a pool opens up soon near you for you. <laughs> oh no, me too. You know, it's only been a couple of days and I do miss it already, you know, like, every athlete just gives 110% into their work. So um, I definitely can't wait to get back to it. <laughs> You're like a fish out of water, as they say. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. So I, I end uh, all these podcasts asking uh, an athlete uh, to talk about an Olympian who inspired you. Is, is there an Olympian who has really inspired you over the years, either from 
your youth or or more recently yeah i think i think the biggest one for me and probably for many swimmers is michael phelps um you know with with his history, he just proved that anything is possible. And um, I think that inspired me, you know, as a person and as a swimmer, um, because anything is possible. And, you know, if someone asked me five, 10 years ago, if I'd be here right now, you know, where I am with the kind of status that I have and I can give to the world, I would never have believed them. So um, yeah, it was definitely Michael Phelps. Well, Michael, uh, whether it's 2020 or 2021, we will be here to cheer for you. Uh, best of luck with everything. And as always, let us know how we can help. Oh, thank you so much. I will do. And please, everyone, stay safe. And yeah, my thoughts are with you all. We'll be following Michael's quest now for the 2021 Summer Games on OutSports. And it's been great to see the reaction that so many out LGBTQ Olympians and Olympic hopefuls have expressed. There has been virtually no... Um, push back on this whether the athlete is gunning for their first Olympics or for some of them or fourth fifth or sixth Olympics I think everybody understands that holding the games in Tokyo this summer would be a probably an unmitigated disaster so it's great to see the community band together and understand this is d difficult situations and find ways to support one another uh, speaking of supporting one another, there's you know, the Outsports podcast continue on as I promised they would. Alex Reamer had a great conversation with Tony Paul, the sports writer, uh, a couple days ago. Uh, you can find that on uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Uh, check that out. His podcast is called The Sports Kiki. And then you have Don and Carly talking to one another with the Transporter Room and Head over to check out you know all the conversations that people on Outsports Podcast are having. I will be back next week. I'm going to continue to try to get uh, some of these LGBTQ Olympians onto the podcast, particularly since most of them are sitting in their homes like we are. Uh, if there's somebody that you'd like me to track down, message us uh, on Twitter at Five Rings to Rule. You can find us there, or you can always find me uh, at Sid Ziegler on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram with the same handle. Anyhow, we'll be back next week. Stay safe and stay home. <laughs> <laughs>